sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, doesn't know. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the real and say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. Welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. Christmas. Merry yeah. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> oh shit yeah, i made some cookies Morgan, you did yeah. all right <laughs> ho 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 that's correct <laughs> lots of hoes all right how's it going merry christmas yeah, merry christmas guys and i was just kidding dj celebrates christmas as well mm-hmm. yep all right we got a q and af today all right, special Christmas edition. We're not going to go through the whole intro because it's Christmas. That's going to be my gift to you. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a special guest here on the show today. One of my very, very best friends in the world. Uh, consider him a brother. Happy to have him here on Christmas. Mr. Hani Rambod. What's happening, bro? Brother, it's great to be back here in the studio. Uh it's never a dull moment with you guys. It's fucking you guys are crazy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, what's all this cool comic collective, bro? Yeah, man. It, it was, you gotta, there's layers to this game. There's, there's, there's levels. Layers? There's levels. Like there's levels to this game. Did you have any of DJ's Kwanzaa cookies? <laughs> Did, I, I'm still waiting. <laughs> what do you I guys do over there in Iran? You guys just cut people's you, heads off and shit? Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm going to colonize some shit, all right? We're fucking all going to do our thing. You're a colonizer. You are a colonizer. I might see my kids. That's it, man. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, this man. This should be called the Unreal Podcast. That's right. That's that's right. Wild. This shit hey, is next is level. Is. That's fucking hilarious. Human sacrifice. <laughs> Unfucking real. Happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Andy both still in Christmas trees. It's just for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what's up, man? Dude, it's good to be here, bro. It's good to be here, yes. too. Yes. We went out to eat last night. As you guys yep. know, uh, Hani is the world's most successful, uh, one of the world's most successful bodybuilding coaches, but also mindset coaches. And uh, we went out to dinner last night and- I cheated right in front of him. <laughs> Hard. I had, I had a bunch of chips and salsa. That was actually that was that would have been like four nights ago. Now, yeah, we're recording. Anyway, yeah. it was nice. It was a really good time actually. Yeah. Because good. you know what, you guys had a break, getting ready for the next seventy-five hard, which uh, we definitely need to talk about because we're here to game plan. Yeah, a lot of people ask me even back back home. You know, at the headquarters, my division headquarters, they're like, "What are you guys going to talk about?" I was like, that's some top secret shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and uh, just to give everybody a little bit of taste of what's going on for 2024, uh, we just finished up the Olympia uh, with my crew. We got Derek, who won this year, um, Hottie, who won, uh, took second, who had won last year, my, my top two guys at the yeah. Olympia who swept, you know, foot flopped, but we kept the top two guys that I coach. And then Seabum took his fifth Olympia title in a row in a row, yeah. you know, with another dominant fashion mm -hmm. and super proud of everybody. And now it's, everybody thinks it's time to relax. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like towards the end of the year and they don't understand 
guys like us have to level up now mm -hmm. because now you just won, but it's what you do with it now. What's the planning look like? What's everything going on with every part of your brand? And so I let everybody know back home. I go, look, I'm going out there. They're like, well, we're all going on vacation or we're doing this. I said, great. I believe in that too. I want my team to also be able to have some downtime, but that doesn't mean I don't still grind. I still don't work. And you and I talk almost every single day, whether it's on text or on the phone. And that's what we do is we try to level each other up on everything that we're doing. So the key for coming out here was to be able to start creating the plan for the 2024 domination. Yeah, for both of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the cool things that you guys may or may not know and what I wanted to really bring Hani on the show for, um, <clears throat> you know, you're known as a, as I, I think unfairly as a bodybuilding performance coach. And, and I actually think that's very limited description of what your true expertise is, which is total mental performance uh, at a high level. When I, when I think of Hani, you guys probably think of all his Olympic titles. Was it 24 now? 24 now. 24 that you've helped coach. Yep. And, um, you know, I think people think about that, but I don't think people think about you for what you, what you really do, which is take the highest performing people and get them to think straight and get them their mind correct around winning and uh, what it takes to win. And so, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on on Q&AF, especially going into New Year, because this is our last episode going into uh, 2024, was to really just have you come on and help us answer some questions so that people could like, you know, see see that part of you as well. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? It's not just protein grams and lifting weights, bro. It's, it's up here. Winning is all here. And whether it's bodybuilding, whether it's business, or whether it's some other sport or some other mission, Winning all requires the same elements. So um, <clears throat> I'm super, super happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah. Well, guys, Andy, Hani, got some good ones for you. Yeah. Yeah, let's all knock right. them out. Guys, Andy, questions. Question number one. <clears throat> uh, hey, Andy, this is a great opener. With 2024 right around the corner, what are the top three things that we should be focused on in business or personal development for this next year? Top three things we should be focused on. Well, first of all, I don't know. Why don't you answer that? You know, what it really comes down to with anything, whether it's like you talked about just a minute ago, whether it's your diet or your training program or whether it's your business plan or how you want to treat your significant other, it's about planning how to be able to change your mindset. Everything is about habits, creating those proper habits. So for me, what that's about is me getting my ass out here to be able to work because we, we work really, really well off of mm -hmm. one another because a lot of the things that I work on with you mm -hmm. is just a reflection of what I also need to work on. For sure. Right? Yeah. Because we own both own supplement companies. We both all do coaching. We also do things like that are very, mm -hmm. very similar, even though they're in very different types of, um, you know, uh, the size of what you do is much bigger than mine. but what the intensity of what I do with having to win Olympia titles is on a, a different realm. So it balances one another out. So for me, what I respect about the people that win around me is being able to set goals. So I love the fact that I bring people around me that have these amazing stories and being able to follow their journey and set down so I can be able to create my own blueprint for my future. So that next 24 months, 12 months that I'm going to looking for 2024 for me is about sitting down and saying, how do I set goals and be able to reverse engineer them? 
When I set a diet program for an athlete, I don't sit down and say, okay, what are we going to do day one? What do we need to look like at the end of the year towards the Mr. Olympia and work backwards 12 or 16 weeks out for that prep period? That's a phase. Then how do we need to look in the mid series of that program? And what do we got to do in the beginning of the year and how those phases go into phase one, two, and three. So what do I got to do with my mindset? Do I got to wake up earlier? Do I got to be able to be physically stronger so that my mental sharpness will get better, right? Mm -hmm. You and I talk about that. You do your plunges, all of that stuff helps, making sure to create mental clarity. So putting all of the ingredients together, like a chef that goes into the store, they have to be able to get all of those ingredients together to be able to prepare the ultimate meal. That's what I do. I'm sitting down and going, okay, what are all the things that I need to do to put everybody in place? Do I have my sous chef in place? Do I have my front, you know, uh, everybody that's going to be on the front end of all of the people that are going to support me for these goals in place? Make sure that all those are happening. So for me, it's about putting the blueprint together. Yeah. I think, well, first of all, I mean, you have to, I think, I think that's a great point. Um, I'm going to build on it for a second. You know, a lot of people try to approach the new year every year and they say, well, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to do it. But they don't even really set a target. They, they take more time to plan out their weekend or their vacation or what they're going to do over the summer than they do their entire year of what they plan to accomplish. And, you know, if we're talking about what are the three things, obviously, you know, l figuring out where the fuck you want to be is a big part of it. And a lot of people don't do that. They just want to start off doing what everybody else is doing, thinking that somehow this is just going to make their situation better. And while it might, it's going to make the, the work very hard to do because you lack the direction on what you're actually trying to accomplish. So when the work gets tough and you don't have the picture of what it is you're trying to become in your mind, very clear, you're, you don't have that, that vision and that motivation to pull you through the hard times. You know, here's what I think, man. <clears throat> I think 2024 is probably going to be one of the most chaotic years ever uh, in our lifetimes. And how chaotic, we don't know yet. I don't know. You don't know. And nobody knows. But the one thing that I do know is that it's going to be tough. And there's going to be people that win and there's going to be people that lose. And there's going to be people who say, man, you know, like all tough times, uh, there's going to be people who kind of roll back and go into their turtle shell and say, I'm going to wait for times to get better. I'm going to wait for things to get easier. And then there's going to be people that are going to know that other people are doing that. And they're going to go extra hard knowing that they can widen the gap between themselves and everybody else. And so if you're out there right now and you're thinking like, well, shit, dude, you know, 2024 is going to be so hard, you know, <clears throat> and you're thinking about all the chaos that's happening in the world, you have to see the opportunity in that. And the opportunity in that is that most people will wait and they will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And especially during hard times, they like to they like to stop and pause. And so that's a trigger for anybody who's a high achiever, anybody who has the drive and the ambition inside of them to go hard, to go extra hard. And so what are the top three things you should be doing? Well, first of all, you have to understand that your ultimate weapon in life is your mindset. All right. It's getting your mind right. It's getting your focus right. It's understanding what it is you need to do and optimizing that as much as possible. I talk about that in terms of becoming mentally tough, which is why the 75 hard program and the live hard program have become uh, a central focus for so many people's lives because it continuously sharpens the weapon that we go to battle with every day, which starts in our mind, flows to our body, and then goes outward from there. 
So my first piece of advice for anyone that's looking to make a change in 2024 is that simply, dude, start 75 hard with us on January 1st. There's a huge group of people doing it. Um, if you don't do 75 hard, make another commitment that you're going to see through to the end. But get your mind right first. A lot of people try to focus on their body and they say, well, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get in shape or I'm tired of living in this body. And the surface level motivation of just having a better body really doesn't pull many people all the way through the journey. You have to look at it as I'm trying to create the best version of me. And that starts on the inside with my brain. And so if you can take on a mental fitness program and work to recreate your mental toughness, um, now, you know, the other things are going to come much more easily. So my first thing would be understand that whatever you decide to do, it's going to require this, this machine, this weapon, your mind, your body, your soul, and your job going into 2024 should be to take the opportunity of the time that is very chaotic, where a lot of people lose focus and become mega focused into building yourself into the ultimate version of you. That would be my first thing that you should do. The second thing that you should do on top of that is, like Hani said, figure out exactly what you're trying to do and start to curtail this machine in that direction, okay? Just sharpening your mind for the sake of sharpening your mind is not the goal. Just getting your body in a great position or a healthy position is not the goal. That's You do these things for other things. What is the other thing? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to build a business? Are you trying to... Uh, you know, <clears throat> build a, an organization? Are you trying to build a team? Are you trying to contribute to an organization? What are you trying to do? Use the thing, your body, your mind, your soul, the weapon, develop that and apply it to the thing. And I think the third thing that we all need to do in 2024, uh, besides, you know, just focus on ourselves is be selfless in the fact of understanding that we are in a situation in, in culture where, if we're divided, they win. If we're united, we win. And they're going to do everything they can over the next 12 months to make us fight, make things chaotic, divide us, make people argue over dumb shit like the pigment level of their skin, all these identity politic issues. And I think being a source of excellence uh, personally, uh, applying yourself forward to a goal, and then also being a messenger of unity with your neighbor and your friends and people who you normally disagree with is of utmost importance. Um, because the only way that these people can continue to do what they do in our country is to divide us and make us fight over shit that really doesn't matter. And the stronger we are mentally, the more focused we are on doing good, the more focused we are on doing what it is that we need to do in our lives, um, the better example we set. And then if we follow that up with a strong message of, hey man, uh, look, we're all in the same boat. Uh, you might think we're on a different boat because you know the media tells you that or the government tells you that, but the reality is, is that's the trick they pull on us. And so I think it's gonna be very important in 2024 for everybody to rise above the chaos, to rise above the frustration and the anger and the division and really work to build bridges instead of burn them with people that we would typically disagree with so that we don't lose uh, this amazing country that we are blessed to live in. So that, that's, that's kind of how I put it together for 2024. I think it's going to be politically tumultuous. I think it's going to be very, very uh, difficult. I think there's massive opportunity through the chaos for people who look at it and say, hey, while everybody else is running around with the chicken, uh, like a chicken with their head cut off, I'm going to get super focused. Massive personal opportunity, but 
that creates an opportunity to set an example for everybody else that feels like, holy shit, what should I do? And if they look at you and they see you taking care of you, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your business, taking care of your community, they realize that that's what ultimately matters. And whatever these people do in our government, whatever these people do with our media is really irrelevant if we take the power back individually. So uh, I think that's the theme for 2024, at least for the people that listen to this show. It's become personally excellent, set a high standard, set a good example for everybody else, get engaged, get involved, work to build bridges instead of burning them down, and uh, don't be a victim to the mental games that are being put down on us for the sake of them controlling us. Remember, us divided is their power. Us united is our power. And that's going to be the that's going to be the way we win. Ultimately, it's going to be by regular people like me and you and all of us out here being excellent and working together uh, to stick together and, and not be divided by stupid shit these people do. So, well, guys, question number two. Um, I'm 18 years old, and I realized that I was extremely sheltered for most of my life. Um, I was never encouraged to play sports or to compete, and I've just been floating trying to figure life out. I fear that I won't be able to compete at high levels in life since I wasn't able to build that when I was younger. Can this killer mindset and desire to compete still be learned or is it too late? And if so, how? Well, first of all, dude, you're still a kid. Like you're 18 years, I realize you're the oldest you've ever been, but you still ain't shit yet, bro. Okay, you're, you're still like barely a sperm. Okay, <laughs> that's the reality. You're you're a sperm with a fucking head and some fucking yeah, arms and legs. Like a little dinosaur. You haven't done yeah, shit yet. Yeah. I know you think you're old and they say you're an adult, but still, you're still a kid, dude. And the fact that you're aware that you've been sheltered and you're aware that you need to develop this killer instinct and this competitive mentality uh, really, honestly, is the solution to the problem in the first place. So the answer is yes, absolutely, you can become that kind of person. Um and the way you become that kind of person is by surrounding yourself with those kind of inputs, reading about those kind of people, learning about those kind of people, getting involved with those kind of people, getting on in competitive environments. Um, you know, I do think there's a little bit of an element of, of being a natural born competitor that gives certain people an advantage. But I also think the fact that, you know, people like I think some of the biggest fucking killers I've ever met come from a background of like what this guy's talking about, where they come from a place where they were just okay and they really weren't that competitive and they didn't really understand what it took to win. And they became a fucking monster because they realized that space needed to be filled in their life. And then they dedicated themselves to that. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like you've coached a lot of high level competitors. I mean, do you think it's something that people are born with or do you think it's something people can develop or do you think it's both? It's part of both. And what I think is that everybody has a chip on their shoulder. And what you got to do is you got to figure out what that chip is. And some people don't realize that until a little bit later in life. Some people have that because they have a hardship when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. They had lack of, they got angry and they end up either getting into a mentality of victim or they turn around and say, I'm going to try to be able to break out of this so I can create freedom, mm -hmm. whether it's financial freedom, breaking away from a bad home, parent issues, whatever it is, financial issues. What you gotta do is you gotta take that chip on your shoulder and lean into it. I always say, what you gotta do is take that chip and be able to use it as a block to stand on so you can elevate yourself. Make yourself hungry. 
every single one of my athletes, every single one of the CEOs, every single one of the people that I've ever coached, I found what that chip was. And whether they knew it or not, I really exemplified to them what it is that made them great. And when we go from good to great, great to legendary. And what you do is you try to find that within you. So if you're 18 years old or 15 years old and you have a, you know, a chip on your shoulder, we all did. Every person in this room has that. Some of us leaned into it more and that's why we've been able to create a little bit better result. But you have to signify and be able to really put that out there and say, I'm fucked up because of this. Some of your friends, you guys can be, really will know, some of your friends are either in jail, dead, or still drinking, trying to find that solution on the bottom of a bottle of tequila somewhere to try to be able to deaden that pain. The key is to be able to utilize that pain for fuel to make you hungry. When people talk shit about me when I was growing up, I use that for fuel because they said, hey, look, he's a one-off guy and he's you know only worked with this person one time or his guy is just, he's got lucky, you know, a broken watch is right twice a day. Yeah, but it ain't right 24 times in a fucking row. At the Olympia level, especially, right? Yeah, right. That's, that's how you got to look at it. But when you're sitting there trying to do something, and when I was selling my first product for the solution of making a better version of my athlete, because I thought there was a lot of shit out there and I didn't make Me Too products, I started my my system with my products with a $70 non-stim pre-workout when the number one product out there was a DMA product that was $29 on bodybuilding.com. Mm -hmm. It was never about that. It was never about being me too. Those it was were about, the days, yes, because you use passion to create a solution, right? Yeah. But what you got to do to make the best version of yourself is you have to say, I need to be able to find out what is going to fuel me, what I'm passionate about and think about the profit after the passion. The passion comes first and create that solution. So I just feel like anytime you try to level up, you got to be able to do that. And you can never do that with negativity around you. That's the number one thing is that at the end of this year, the beginning of 2024, if you're listening to this podcast, get the fuck rid of negativity because I will tell you it's contagious and it's cancerous. You need to get rid of it. And if you don't, you will never get to where you wanna go, period. I think that's, I think there's a good point in there too, a sub point. Um, when you're one of these people who who really hasn't done anything, right? Like, I think a lot of people on the internet, like this person asking this question, they hear all these crazy stories of people who are successful now about how they were in the past, or the the like. We hear all these like ridiculously overhyped rags to riches stories of people who started like I was eating dirt on the street, like that's what I survived on was mud. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here, bro, okay? Like, let's be real. Most of these people are exaggerating their hardship story, all right? That's first thing first. Most of these people, when they become great, there's very few humble, great people. There, there's, there's a lot of people, actually, I'm gonna take that back. There's very few humble, good people, and all great people generally are pretty humble when you get them around because they, they, it's, humility is required to get that good. Um, but what happens is, is we look around and there's a lot of people that appear to be successful or appear to be winning. And they talk about how they always had this competitive drive and they always had this fire and they always blah, 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 blah. And it makes people like this who might come from, let's say, a decent background or, uh, you know, a middle class, good mom and dad. They think that like they don't have 
the enough pain in their background. That's bullshit, bro. You have enough juice to do the thing, but what you need to do, and what Hani Hani said and 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 clarified, is you have to remove the negativity. So you have to be prepared. Like when you start to decide to be something that's different than what everybody else your entire life has always known you as, you're going to face a lot of negativity, a lot of criticism, a lot of questions. Who do you think you are? What are you trying to do? Do you really think you could do that? People like you don't accomplish those things. And it's going to be discouraging. It's going to take you from a place of drive and hunger and ambition and dreaming to uh, a place of doubt and questioning and saying, man, I, I don't know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe, this, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe, maybe this isn't my thing. Maybe this isn't for people like me. Maybe I don't have a tough enough story. Maybe, maybe I don't have any skills. And dude, I, I don't buy into that. I think, I think it's very important for you to under, this is the reality, dude. If you're going to step out from what you have always been into something new, you have to be prepared to cut all of the old out because all of the old will constantly be in your ear chirping, making you doubt, making you question, making you slow down, making you hesitate. And all of those qualities will keep you from becoming that thing that you're trying to become. So it's very important for you to understand that when you decide to become that version of yourself that lives inside of your heart that nobody else even fucking knows about, okay, because you're too afraid to talk about it because you're afraid everybody's gonna laugh at you, First of all, that's the thing you're supposed to become. Whatever that is, that's what you're supposed to become. You need to listen to that. But secondly, when you start to become that, all the people who knew you your entire life, including your parents, and if you're very lucky, you'll have one or two of those people back you up on it and say, I think you should go do that. But most of the people are going to doubt you. Most of the people are going to question you. Most of the people are going to think you're fucking crazy. And they're never really going to believe. In fact, we were just talking about a Bible verse uh, that you you gave to me, which was uh, which one was it? Matthew fifteen, I believe four seven or four eight. That was forwarded to me this morning, and it was something. It's all, right along the lines of what we're talking about. Here. Yes, yes. It was. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew thirteen five seven, and it said no pro in in so many words. No prophet has honor in his own town, and that means that when someone comes in to try to preach within their own where they grew up. It's very it's it's very difficult for those type of people who saw you come up to actually listen to you. Yeah. Because they feel like they were part of your journey before that. So they're like, is he really they show doubt, right? It happened to me as a bodybuilding trainer. I one of the and I never knew I even did this. Mm-hmm. I just did it. My own town of San Jose, California. People just I just they were like, Hey, this person's trying to compete against you. This guy's kind of trying to talk shit about you. All these local trainers. I just kept my blinders on. And all I did was kept my head down and I focused. I got on the plane. I went to the Mr. USA. I went to the nationals. I went to overseas. I did whatever I did, but I didn't look at all the people around me. And I wasn't trying to get them to be able to compete against me or vice versa. All I did was try to be able to go through and hit wins, go for the W, 
bring in my people the best I possibly can and move on. And then I started working with some NFL athletes and I was working with bodybuilders because I, I was bodybuilding at, at a young age. And so bodybuilding was always my passion, but I was always interested in all the other sports to be able to try to perfect their physique or their performance to the best of my ability. But I never went back and tried to focus on the people around me in my given town or area because they were always, I mean, to this day, if I go back and my wife's sell, uh, store sells Evagen, First Form, uh, Axe Select, a billion different brands, Seabums brand, all of our friendship. All of our friendship. Yeah. All of our friendship. And we do all of that. But what's funny is these people that are been friends with me for 20, 30 years, I'll never see them use my product. And, and it's okay. There's, there's some people that, and they come over and they'll congratulate me on the wins and whatnot, but it's because it's hard for certain people to be able to actually absorb what your successes were because it's a reflection of maybe what they weren't able to do. And that's okay, but you gotta understand that. So sometimes you have to go outside of that inner circle because you'll just never, as much as you want them to be the ones to believe in you the most because you grew up with them, Maybe not the right time, dude. It takes it takes a long time. It does. Like I'll I'll be honest with. This is just honest to God. And it may never happen, bro. Dude, it ne listen, may never happen, but that's I, okay too. Uh, I'm I'm from St. Louis, okay. Uh, St. Louis is a very blue collar, proud city. You know, if you're from St. Louis, most of the people that are from St. Louis, they're proud to be from St. Louis. And even though I'm one of their people, and I came from here, and I've gone on and built all of these things. It like now when I I mean, now when I go out and see people, everybody's everybody's supporting us. Everybody's pushing us forward. Everybody uses first form. Everybody's proud. But, dude, it took 20 years to get there. Like it took me 20 years to earn the respect of the people in our own city. And, and dude, you know, and maybe that's the right way. Maybe that's what it should take. I don't know. But I can tell you this. I was bitter about it for a long time. It frustrated me. You know, when we first started with First Form, dude, and I put that shit on our retail shelves and our stores here, people would pick it up and they would say, St. Louis, what, what are they doing? Making this in Andy's bathtub? You know, and that would fucking piss me off, bro. This is our own people in our own city, like shitting on my own tr attempt to try and do something relevant. This is for us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and and it took a long time for people to really get behind us. And And dude, I think... You know, I think that's what it takes. I think it takes an extra long time to make believers out of the people that are closest to you because they knew you for so long before that. I was about to say, like, that, that's what I think. It's like, I mean, and in, I was, in the beginning at least, like, yeah. they don't, do they have a reason to believe you at all? Well, I think that's a valid argument. You right? know what I'm saying? Like, well, dude, we do live in the show me state. That's, like, yeah. motherfuckers here don't believe shit it's until it's like right in front of their face, which I love because I'm the same way. Yeah. So there's that too, right? Like, what have you done to earn that belief? You're not entitled to people supporting people's belief. And in fact, if you've been around your friends and family your whole life and you've been a bump on the log and not done shit, you know what they're going to say when you say you're going to done doing that? They're going to say bullshit because that's all they've ever known. So when you think about it like that, it's, it's a logical connection for them to observe. And we have to be real, dude. If we step out and, and do become a different, a completely different version of ourselves that is foreign to everybody who's known us our whole lives, there's going to be doubt. But the thing that you have to understand is, first of all, that's logical on their end. And, it, and second of all, you have to, for you to be successful, you have to separate yourself from that for a while. You have to, you have to push that away 
and go over here and keep your head down and do the fucking work and do it day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out. And eventually you will build something or become something that those people will say, damn, he actually did that or she actually did that. You know, and then when the support comes from that and you've made real believers out of people that were doubting, those people become your biggest supporters. That's what we see here in St. Louis right now, right? Like, dude, I can't go anywhere in St. Louis without seeing this energy drink or seeing a first form shirt or having people come up and say, dude, what you guys are doing is fucking awesome. Like it's become this sense of civic pride, which dude makes me very proud, right? Because I love this fucking city. And um, anyway, the point is, you're going to have to understand that the people closest to you are going to be the least amount to believe in you in first. And it, and it feels awkward because you think in your head, those should be the people that believe the most. It's just not reality. And uh, you're going to have to separate yourself from that negativity for a while. You're going to have to put your head down. You're going to have to do what's required. And it could take, it could take two decades for those people to come back around. But the reality is, is they will. And when they do, you're going to feel extra proud about it, not bitter about it. You know, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful that the people here doubted me at first, that doubted us at first. I'm grateful for that, because you know what that gave me? A whole lot of fucking fuel. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here, I'm like, dude, these people, I'm, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm here, dude, I'm from here, you don't want us to win? And then I went out and fucking did everything I had to do, and I needed that fuel. And so a lot of ways, if you look at it, like I think if you look at it from the other side of the mountain, right, once you've climbed, the t you have a different perspective on it. And the perspective I have on it now is like, dude, I'm kind of thankful because that pushed me to, to continue. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, dude, we have to use these doubts and these criticisms and this negativity and this disbelief as fuel for productive action. And just like we talked about on that real talk just recently, um, where I went through the, the, the techniques on how to harness the dark side energy, you know, you need some of that dark side energy, bro. And you have to accept it for what it is, no matter where it comes from. And every time you feel like quitting, every time you feel like giving up every time you feel like it's not worth it. You need to remember what these motherfuckers said and, and, and then go do something that puts you closer to where you want to go. And, um, well, let me add to that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you have to be born with it though. No, you don't. I think you can, I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who feel because there's influencers out here who are like, I'm just built different or I'm just wired different. And I'm one of those people. Like I do feel like I'm built different, but, uh, I but wasn't you know always, it, but you know what it takes to build. Yeah, it wasn't always, bro. Yeah. Like, dude, I was kind of a shitty fucking. I was kind of lazy. Actually, I'm probably one of the laziest people in the world. I just use systems to not be. You know what I mean? So yeah, but look, look at this too. A lot of you out here that are listening to this are going to say, "Well, that's great. Look, you're already there." For the people that are speaking on this podcast right easy now, you're already for you there. To say. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. No, because we weren't. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? I've been doing this for thirty fucking years yeah. I gave away a lot of free programs I trained anybody who had potential to be able to show my efforts and mm -hmm. what I could do there were blank canvas out there I turned around and got burnt by people that were turning around they're going to tell me they're going to pay me oh, if you let me win you know help me win you let me get to that point I helped them get contracts this and this helped do all the different things mm -hmm. and then I still got burnt mm -hmm. because I said you know what it'll come back to me in spades in other ways you just got to believe mm -hmm. The reason why it's going to take everybody longer than what you expect is because God is going to teach you humility. And if you get that too soon, you won't have the humility. You won't have the maturity to understand that no, even though you can turn around and tear that motherfucker's head off that pissed you off four years ago, you won't 
because it took you eight or 10 or 15 years to get to where you were going to be so that you don't do that because you will show mercy when it comes to that. Because now you're going to be much better at being able to handle that power and mm. wield that power. Mm. That's why it's taking it. You have to listen to his plan, not yours. How many people have you seen, like in your, you know, in your experience, you know, you and I have been in the industry for a long time. Um, the same industry, not just in our industry, but in any industry. How many people have you witnessed become a winner or become successful in business fast and be able to maintain it? Very, very few. I, I, everyone that I know that has become a winner in my eyes too quickly without understanding and appreciating the fundamentals has all lost it. I agree. Every single one. I can't even tell you one. And so the reason I ask you this is because this is one of the most successful coaches of all time for high performing individuals. Okay. I'm also pretty respectable in that area. I built the world's largest mental transformation program that's ever fucking existed. And I'm going to tell you for a fucking fact, this struggle that you are all trying to avoid is actually the best part of your journey because it's teaching you all the traits and all the skills and all the habits and all the shit that you need to keep success once you get it. Becoming successful is not the hard part. It is not. It's maintaining that year after year after year after year after year. And if you talk, because dude, once you win, fuck dude, you could talk about this. Once you win at the highest level, people, anything else besides that is a massive fucking loss. It's an embarrassment. You're the worst ever. You could win the fucking Super Bowl two years in a row, but if you don't win it in third year, you're a piece of shit. So once you achieve this high level of success or this greatness, it's about maintaining it. And you can't maintain it without the fucking struggle that takes years and years and years to go through. So for you, who I believe- it ain't luck, it ain't fucking- Bro, bro it's yeah, fucking man. skill, yeah, okay? Man. There is a reason that first form has been hot for 10 motherfucking years in a row. That's never happened in the industry. It's never happened. Never. Okay. But it's because for 15 years before that, I got my fucking ass beat. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And everybody laughed at me and everybody hated me and everybody talked shit. And they still talk shit when I'm saying what I'm going to do. And I love it because I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Good night. I still haven't convinced you. I got a few more to prove. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we got to become these people who are willing to take in. Like, bro, I love when people doubt me. I love when people fuck, you know this about me, dude. I will, eat, dude, the worst thing you can do if you compete with me is to fucking talk some shit to me, bro. No, it's the best thing they can do no. because it actually gets you to actually no, get off the your it's the best thing for me. Yeah. It's the worst thing for them. <laughs> for them. Right. It is the worst thing for them. I, I'm just going to tell you, if because I know a lot of my competitors listen to this. Yep. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. It's the best thing you could do for yourself. Don't, please. Yeah. Don't yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but like, bro, you, what I'm saying is you have to become one of these people that can fucking take the dark shit, the negative shit, the, the disbelief, the doubt, the frustration, the pain, the criticism, and chew that shit up in your mouth and swallow it and let, let it drive you. And if you can't develop that, which, which anybody can if they think about it right, but if you can't, there's so much of that that comes, you cannot be effective. And there's a lot of there's a lot of champions out here, bro, that are very humble and they're very they're very cool and they're very nice people. But I promise you, if you get them alone, and you and it's just me and them, 
I promise you there's a fucking warrior on the inside of that that has the ability to chew that shit up and fucking put it into productive action. They might not talk about it. They might not make it their identity. They might be more disciplined at how they present themselves than I am because I'm just a fucking wild animal. I can't help it. Missouri. It is what it is. <laughs> I let people see my dark side. That's the difference. A lot of people don't. And and for better or worse, it is what it is. Why do you think that is? Because uh, I don't give a fuck. No. Yeah, it is. I no, don't give not. a fuck. No, no, it's not. You give a fuck, but it's because you literally wear it on your face. Oh, well, I mean. Well, that's what happens when somebody tries to stab you in the face and kill you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, you do wear it. Yeah. It's on your literally. fucking face. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget, you know, that's what makes you you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's more. I think it's more valuable being authentic about that to other people. I think there's enough people to hide it. I think it's important for people like this young person to see, hey, dude, it's okay to be someone who takes people's negative shit and fucking uses it to win. That's okay. Because we have a lot of positive patties out here that like try to shit on that and say, oh, Rainbows and that's not the way to do it. Really, what you should be doing is trying to prove everybody that they're right, that believe in you. Motherfucker, nobody believes in me. What the fuck do I do now? Oh, I take all the motherfuckers that don't and I chew the shit up and I go hard as fuck. And that's that's what you got to do when you don't have anybody who believes in you. So, you know, I just choose to I just choose to fucking show people that that's okay. You know, and I'm I like that shit, dude. I'm a warrior. I like fucking slitting throats and stomping on fucking faces and all that shit, bro. But I'll also be the first guy to pick you up, dude, after I stomp on a little bit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I told you not to talk shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I I don't know, bro. I'm fucking weird, but you're not weird. You're not weird. This is because this is what makes you you and being from some, you know, a background of not having shit to coming along and being able to build something as big as you have. It's a lot of these people that are listening need to understand that they want these tools. They're coming back to this podcast. They're coming back to this YouTube page and they want to be able to take pieces of this away yeah. so that they can make a better version of themselves. So tell me this right now, what can we share with the audience to start out this 2024 new year that we can be able to get them to be able to make the best version of themselves? I think they need mentorship. I think they need to be able to follow a program, whether it's 75 hard, whether, because for me, and I'm going to start this out, it's about sacrificing right you have to sacrifice something to take something so what does that mean when you do 75 hard when you do a fast okay whether it's ramadan whether it's people go through what do it's they intentional do? suffering it's right yeah because you're cleansing your soul through the physical nature of your being and that's what builds things but buying shit at doordash at midnight and getting taco bell and doing this and that is not that and that's what turns around and clouds your mind waking up feeling like dog shit yeah that's so different than going out and drinking every fucking night. I think if people understood, bro, I think if people truly understood how great they could be, like if you could take, if you could take an average person right now who's suffering, who's overweight, who's just sick and tired, like, cause dude, I know what this is like. Okay. When you get fat enough and you get, and you get pissed off enough, you don't, you stop looking at yourself in the mirror. Okay, you won't look at, I know what this is like because I did it for years. I'll I, I used to close my eyes when I brushed my teeth so I didn't have to look at myself in the mirror. Okay, that's how fucking disgusted I used to be with myself. And if I could have taken that person and plugged a snapshot of what my life would look like 
if I just learned to control my own discipline and got a little bit mentally tough to the point where I could adhere to the plans that I set out. Because it's not that we don't know what to do. It's that we lack the ability to do it. Every single person listening to this podcast knows what the fuck they need to do to become a better version of themselves. You need to eat better. You need to train. You need to put good shit in your brain. You need to make sure that you're, you know, have a, a good, productive mission in your life, a purpose in your life. You got to have good relationships in your life. Like we all know these things. These are these we we got to eat less than what the fuck we burn. You know what I'm saying? Like we we got to everybody knows these are basic things. The problem is never the plan. The problem is you can't stick to the plan. So if you can identify the problem which you have that needs to be solved, which is your ability to adhere to anything that you set out to do, now you become an unstoppable weapon. Now you become someone who can achieve anything they set out to do. And that's what the Live Hard program is about. It's about continuously fine-tuning your mind so that whatever plan you make outside of the realm of the program is achievable because you can follow it, okay? That's a fucking superpower. And if if I could take that person who's afraid to look in the mirror or doesn't go to the pool on the weekends at the, in the summer because they don't want to take the shirt off or won't go on a beach vacation and always goes to the mountains because they don't want to be in a swimming suit and I could just plug a fucking one second snapshot of what their life would look like if they fixed this one problem their ability to stick to things and see things through. Every single person that ever listened to this show, listened to my words right now, would, would do whatever the fuck it takes to become that person that can adhere to the plan. And that's what the Live Hard program's about, bro. It's about becoming someone who is a slave to the external and, and then making the external your slave. It's about flipping that over and making it so that now, instead of the environment controlling you, you are now in control of your environment as much as possible. And when you become that person, the upside potential is unlimited. And I think if we could take people and legitimately make them understand that this is not something people are born with, this is not something people are gifted with, this is something that people develop, everybody would do 75 hard on day one, on the first, you know, we got Monday, next Monday is fucking, January 1st. Seven days from yeah. the show. Like, bro, you can drastically change your entire life. And people fuck this program up thinking that it's a weight loss program or a fitness challenge or some shit they do on TikTok. That's not the fuck it is, guys. This is a mental sharpening program. And the re people, why do you have to, if it works so well, why do you do it over and over? Because, bro, the same reason you take a fucking shower every day. Discipline and mental toughness is a perishable skill set. Just like Chad Wright being on the show saying shooting a pistol is a, is a perishable skill. Uh, lifting weights is a perish perishable skill. Anything that we consistently train and then stop training is going to reduce our skill set in you that regress. area. You will regress. Yes, that's, that's reality. And we have to think of our mentality and our discipline and our mental toughness the same way. And so intentional suffering over the course of an extended period of time will help sharpen that. And, you know, it just so happens that we have a program for that. Um, and any trainer, any any diet coach, anybody can plug their shit into that framework and it could train someone's brain. But the point is, take care of that first, bro, because that's the source of your problems. The reason you're fucking disgusted when you look in the mirror, the reason you avoid social situations, the reason your bank account is shitty, the reason your car is shitty, the reason your house is shitty, the reason you're in a shitty relationship comes down to one thing. You lack the discipline 
and the ability to follow through on the plans that you set out. And if you fix that one problem, your entire life will fucking change. And so if you're asking me what my number one thing is for anybody going into the new year, fix that. Because once you fix the ability uh, to adhere to, to any plan, it doesn't matter what plan you set out. If you stick to it long enough, you're going to get there. You want to be a billionaire? You can figure it the fuck out. You'll take the steps. You'll do the thing. You'll, you'll do all the hard shit that everybody else quits, which I think is the biggest key to success. People are like, how the fuck did you get here? Well, I, I don't know, guys. Been doing it 25 years. This man's been doing it for 30 years. How'd you get here? I fucking got my ass beat for 30 years. And guess what? Now I woke up and I've done some things. And that's how it fucking goes, man. Like, I still, I don't know how you feel, but I still feel like that fucking dude 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago now, that does no shit. And I'm learning new shit every day. I'm trying to get better every day. You know, I have more gray hair. I probably know a little bit more. But, you know, the reality is, is I still feel like I got a lot to prove, dude. Like a because, lot. Because you're hungry and you want to stay constantly driving forward. That's yeah. what you want to do. So yeah. if you're doing that, you you can't be just content. Content is just comfort kills, bro. It does. It kills it, everything. It destroys you because once that happens, you're not going to stay level. You're going backwards. Yeah. Because everyone's going to come up and be able to eat you up from behind. It's just the competition yeah. that will crush you. Yeah. If you own a business, I don't care if you're a trainer, if you have a store, any of those things, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Yeah, you know I'm like that too, bro. We talk about it every, this yes. motherfucker has to talk me into like not killing people every fucking <laughs> yeah, day, bro. every day. Yeah, I know he does it when I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like I see all these young guys coming up, dude. And like I see, and, and by the way, all of you listening, because you're all, these guys are all guys I like. Yeah. I'm proud of them. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> like dude, like it's, a, it's, it's like this, like dude, and you know, I'll be honest with you, man. One thing I am truly grateful for in our industry is all the motherfuckers that just go hard as fuck. Like, it inspires the fucking shit out of me. And, dude, if it wasn't for those guys, if it wasn't for all these dudes doing incredible shit, I'd, I'd go sit on the fucking bench and count my fucking, my, my, my little pennies, you know what I'm saying? And, and drive cars and probably have a lot of fun. But I have more fun doing this. And I like competing and I like being in the game. And, like, dude, I'm really, it's really cool like this is a different topic, but since you're here, we'll talk about it. It's really cool to like be friends with so many people in our industry that are doing big shit. Like that, that's, that, that motivates me. Like, you know, and they hear, they hear me talk like this and they're like, fuck dude, this dude will probably try to crush me, but that's not true because actually the opposite is true because with my, dude, I will fucking try to help these guys to win because I understand if they win more, then I will go harder. I've seen you help people that turned around and try to fuck you. That bro. And that's and, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, but hard, that's okay because that's it's hard just more fuel. But the Middle Eastern portion of me fucking wants to turn around and fucking cut their heads yeah, off because it does not, it's not yeah. cool because there's a thing called loyalty. And a lot of people need to understand when the people that are loyal to you, you need to be loyal to them as you grow up together and you yeah. grow together. And that's a whole different fucking but episode. Even, even, but it needs to happen. You guys need to be able to understand. Those few and far between you, there might be just one motherfucker that's your fucking ride and die, whether it's your woman, whether it's your family member, whether it's your fucking business partner, there's going to be that one person and you got to show loyalty too, because if you don't, what's going to happen is it's going to come back to you with fucking bad karma, period. Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people understand how I'm wired in that way. They don't get it. They think, they either think I will try to like destroy them if they get close to me, which I don't do, or they think 
that I'm stupid because I help them. That's and tell, exactly right. Yeah. You take the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Or they think you're fucking they stupid. They think I'm stupid because right. I tell them all this shit. Right. And they th they start to think that I'm so like I'm so naive that they're getting something from me. That's right. When in reality, I'm hyper intelligent, bro, and I'm yeah. intentionally giving you the fucking keys to the fast car so that I can get in my car and race you. Right. Okay. <laughs> so like, no, because you want to watch them wreck that car because well, they no, don't even know what the fuck to do with bro, it. If they act like an asshole, for sure. Yeah. But if they're cool, like. One of my best friends, dude, is Alex Hermosi. Alex Hermosi's winning at a high level, bro. Another one of my best friends, Ed Milet, winning at a high level. Honey, winning at a high level. Every one of my friends is winning at a high level, and I fucking give them every bit of information I can to win better because, dude, it pushes me to go harder. And I think that's something that's lost in business and competition. You know, it there's, is. like, if you're a true competitor, like, I don't ever doubt my ability to compete. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid to compete. PJ, do you know what that's like? That's like a fucking gladiator that walks up, that knows that they're a bad motherfucker and sees the gladiator next to him. And they're about to fucking fight in the same match against each other. And the guy that goes over to grab a sword and then the other guy, the more mature seasoned gladiator says, uh-uh, don't use that one. Use the one that one's got a weaker blade. Mm. Yeah, but it's real. It's that's not, what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But see, it's, dude, not, it's not giving I mean, bad I mean, information because I want you to be able to fucking come your best. Exactly. That's right. Because, bro, I'm not. A, I'm confident in my ability to compete, and I know how I'm wired, and I know that if somebody else gets better, I'm gonna get better. And like, bro, I think if we had that mentality a little bit more, healthy respect and competition, but also, uh, you know, loyalty. Right. Like, if somebody's in trouble or they need real help, you fucking help them. And and I I just see the I see the whole game of competition even different than I did five six ten years ago. You know yeah, your mean? tone's changed in four or five years. I can yeah. I can I attest mean, dude, to that. F seven years ago, bro, I really did want to fucking murder people. Like I'm like I'll f I will burn your fucking house down, bro. Fuck with me, I'll burn your shit down, legitimately. And and now it's it's not like that anymore because what I've realized is I need that push. I need that shit, bro. I need that competition. I need the other people to be the best they can so that I'll be the best I can. And I I think if we went into twenty four with a more collaborative attitude around competition, uh, I think I think we'd all have a lot more fun and be a lot better. Uh, guys, Andy, question number three. Uh, Andy, what are some of the core elements you think an employee should have uh, to be the best entrepreneur at a company? I understand the show is more entrepreneur-based, but I have learned a lot as an employee. I've been reading and researching on how to be a better leader. I would just like to get some of your thoughts on what you are looking for in your employees to be the undeniable performer and leader that you always talk about? Well, the skills of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship are very similar. In fact, I think they're almost the exact same skills. Uh, the risk tolerance is somewhat different, uh, quite a bit different. But outside of that, um, the skills are the same. And, you know, Mission first people, people who understand what the outcome that's working, uh, that everyone is working towards. See, I, 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 I use the analogy of a boat all the time. Okay. And if we're in a boat and we've got five guys on one side and they're rowing, right. And then we got five guys on the other side and they're rowing at a different pace, or you have four guys on the other side and they're rowing at the right pace, but the fifth guy's rowing at the wrong pace. The boat will not go where you're wanting to go. It will only go in circles. That is the nature of, of business. And so 
mission first people, people who can understand what is trying to be achieved and then figure out how to contribute to that the best possible way, regardless of their skill set, regardless of what they're good at, if they could take the initiative to find their lane in their place of contribution and contribute as much as possible in that way, while also being a positive influence, uh, being an example for everybody else, being a positive cultural influence, that's a big one that doesn't get talked about a lot. A lot of people don't understand how hard they fuck themselves by being a gossiper or a, uh, a drama person in the office or someone who's disruptive because that fucks everybody. Like people don't understand that. Like when you are a gossiper or a drama person inside of an organization, whether it be a team or a locker room or a, a company, you're creating a situation where nobody can win. Okay. And that's the most selfish thing you can do because what happens is the people at the leadership level and the people who are the most skilled level, they are now having to deal with whatever you're creating, the ripples you're creating in the back of the boat, the holes you're drilling in the back of the boat, as opposed to rowing the boat faster. Right. And so the energy they're spending on this bullshit drama could be yeah. put into. Yeah. yeah. And this is why as a leader, dude, when yeah. people gossip or their drama and you're tied to your company, you have to fire them immediately because they're cancerous. Um, but when it's when you when it comes to being a great entrepreneur, everything I talk about here on this show, uh, everything, every single thing, can be equated to entrepreneurship from entrepreneurship. It's all the same skill set, and ultimately, in my opinion, what it comes down to is understanding the outcome that is desired by the organization, the team, the company, whatever the collective outcome that we're trying to get to understanding that and then doing whatever they can to put that first and everything else second. Great leaders do this. Great leaders do not come in and say, I need to have all the ideas or I need to call all the shots or I, I need to call every single play or I need to, every idea that we do has to be my, that's, that's what weak leaders do. Weak leaders will always talk about themselves in terms of what they did. They will say, I did this. Look what I did. I signed this person. I developed this product. They will start naming shit after themselves and all this fucking ego-driven bullshit as opposed to understanding what the outcome is and understanding that their role as a leader is not to have the ideas. You're going to have some of the ideas, okay? But your actual role is to develop the people behind you and then decide what the best idea is that aligns with the outcome desired for the collective. And if you're an employee, you should operate that same way. How are my actions contributing to the overall mission that we have at hand? Am I contributing? Am I taking away? Am I making it better? Am I making it worse? And it's a constant evaluation cycle. And this is aside from basic skill sets, right? Like you should learn how to lead. You should learn how to sell. You should learn how to communicate. You should learn how to take initiative for things and, and, and own things and put them on your back and, and run them across the line without being told. These are all things that you, that you have to learn. But culturally, it's a mentality. What are we trying to achieve as a team? And how can I contribute to that? The water boy at the University of Alabama is a very valuable water boy. I can promise you that. I can promise you that, okay? The people who cook the food for the athletes are extremely fucking valuable. Okay, the people who come in after hours and fix all the equipment and set the locker up and get everybody shit right. These people are all equally as valuable to the team and the outcome. 
certain people might get paid more because their skills are worthy of more pay because they're more rare. And the more rare the skill, the more pay you're going to have, okay? The more accumulation of skill, the more money you're going to make in an organization. That's just reality, all right? If you can do the things no one else can do, guess what? You're getting paid a lot more money. But that doesn't mean that you can't contribute along the way while you develop these skills. And just figuring out ways to contribute and be valuable and put the team first and put the mission first is ultimately what will define uh, your worth inside of an organization. Because, you know, let's just say the equipment manager, right? There's plenty of equipment managers that have gone on in collegiate football or even professional football to be head coaches, right? But the reason that they got the shot to be the head coach was because they did such a great job with the equipment that they were, someone said, hey man, you know what? You're not built for just equipment, dude. Here, let me come over from here. Let me start teaching you some shit, okay? And what happens is, is you get yourself in a position where the leadership and the people ahead of you and the people with true power to progress your career start to identify certain things. And the main certain thing that they identify is that you give a fuck a whole lot. And um, I love that analogy. What uh, the, the 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 Alabama analogy? Like if you ask that water boy what what the mission is, they're gonna say they win the fucking Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah, you, you ask the. Well, I don't know how Alabama's winning the Super Bowl, but yeah. well, I mean national <laughs> national. But I'm saying you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fucking yeah. like, no matter who that is, or the, the I, fucking I person watering the fucking field. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the point. The groundskeepers win the fucking championship. That's right. That's right, bro. When you go when you see the St. Louis Cardinals on opening day, okay, you know how like. On opening day, they line the players down the chalk lines, okay? You're going to see St. Louis Cardinals, watch them on opening day, and then watch the team they play. The team they play on opening day will come out. Half of them won't have hats on. Half of them will have hats on. Half of them will be in their, their warm-ups. Half of them will be in their uniforms. Watch how the Cardinals operate. Every single person, every single person is wearing the exact same thing, the exact same way, the exact same standard across the board. Doesn't matter if they're the groundskeeper, doesn't matter if they're the best player on the team, doesn't matter. They're all in unison. And the reason the St. Louis Cardinals have been such a winning team, they've won more world titles than any other team besides the New York Yankees as one of the smallest market teams in Major League Baseball is because they have outstanding culture from the top all the way down to the bottom. And they develop their own skill set and their own standard throughout the organization. And I believe one of the reasons that I've been able uh, to, to, I think one of the biggest blessings I've had is, is the ability to witness how they do things, which has helped us do what we do here. Um, but getting everybody in unison, everybody understanding that the, the person who, uh, you know, packs the boxes is, is equally as important as the person who's in the boardroom making the decisions. Like these are all parts to a team. And if you're on a team and you're an entrepreneur, and you can understand that your role truly matters. And if you do it excellent, it's going to open up more opportunities. And then you're willing to take time to develop the skill sets that you need after those, uh, as you're doing those opportunities, meaning like personal development on your personal time, getting better, learning things, investing in yourself. These are the things that make up these success stories where I started at this place, it's $8 an hour, and now I'm making a million bucks a year. These are the kind of people that do those things. So, um, you know, that's, that's the gist of what I think. What do you think? I think you hit it right on the head. I think a lot of people want to just, they have the mentality of give it to me now, then I'll work for it. Give me the raise. 
and then I'll go ahead and show you that I'm going to do it. No, do the work of the person above you. And then therefore it justifies to me to pay you more and give you that promotion. It's not about just getting the promotion and then doing it. Actually do it, show and really be able to show the team what you're able to do. Now we step back and we're going into executive meetings going, hey, Jimmy and Bobby and Michelle, look at them. They're doing one, you know, a level above their pay grade here. So when we're doing your review, fuck yeah, we're going to give you a, a raise. Fuck yeah, you're going to get a title change. Now you're going for, you know, into a management position because you're already proving it. Too many people right now want you to give them that title and that shot without proving themselves. They don't understand the dynamic. No. They, don't, they don't look at it from the other side of the spectrum. As, an opera, as a decision maker in a business or a team, okay, they're looking at it from the employee perspective. They, first of all, they all think that they can trick someone who's been doing something for 20-something years into their fucking story that you've heard 10,000 times, okay? I've heard, he's never heard this one. I've heard this to... a gazillion times. <laughs> do you know how many times I've heard that if I give you this, you'll do X, and then the person never did it? That was the first 15 years of my business. Yours too, okay? What, what, you, what people fail to understand is that your job as an employee or a part of an organization is to make yourself invaluable to where then you can leverage your skill set against the ownership for money. All right. This is how this works. It's very simple. Your job is to do the job of the person ahead of you and do it better than them and be so skilled that the people who are leading you, who make the decisions, are become scared that you're going to leave. That's right. Okay. And people get to that point really, like a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to fucking leave. Well, fucking go ahead, bro. You're not doing shit anyway. Right. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, you know how many times people have said, I'm leaving. It's all downhill from here. Okay. Well, fucking, you're at fucking Jiffy Lube, bro. And we're still here and we're, we're crushing. Okay. But the point is there is people who show that they understand. And when those people show that they understand by taking on more and doing more and taking initiative and becoming better on their own, what happens is, is people who have been in, in business for a long fucking time, they recognize the rarity in that person, okay? So then they look at that person and they say, fuck, J Jimmy over here, bro, this guy's a fucking killer, okay? If we don't fucking move this guy up, he's gonna fucking go somewhere else and we're gonna miss an amazing asset to the team. So we have to find a position for him for that next phase. And that's how the conversation happens on the inside, but people aren't uh, privy to that. They assume that it's a, that what, what, they assume that what the real conversation goes like this. Hey, Jimmy's killing it, dude. I think we can, I think we can keep him on for like three more years at this extra workload and, and before he quits. <laughs> Bro, listen, dude, when you're, when you're working on a winning team, they don't think of it like that. Winning team are always, dude, I'm always searching for that next fucking six-star athlete, bro. I'm always looking for that next fucking player. I'm always looking for that next fucking asset. Because it's and, about the mission. Bro, listen, because it's rare. Yeah. It's those people. Well, and then are the rare. other people that are working there are going to start seeing those people that were threatening to leave because of whatever. They left and then the company continues to grow. So what's the common denominator? It's that those people didn't belong. But if you want to be able to become an entrepreneur, what you do is you create so much value that you turn around and create your own position. That's you right, because that. the owners are not saying, 
maybe in a shitty company, okay? Maybe if you're in a shitty company, maybe there is a, like if you got, if you work for a company and the owner's leaving on Thursday, coming back on Tuesday, and they don't give a fuck, they probably are gonna try to take advantage of somebody like that, okay? But if you're in a company that's aggressively trying to grow and compete and trying to win and evolve and, and be more, that's not how it's looked at. How it's looked at is, all right, Mitch over there is fucking crushing it, dude. And like, dude, he's been at that same position for two years. And if we don't find a position for this guy, he's not going to develop and we're going to end up losing him. Okay. So we got to find a position where we can maximize his skill set and get him his talents utilized properly, which always comes with more responsibility and pay. Okay. So it's a misunderstanding of the dynamic of how the conversation happens at the ownership and leadership level amongst employees. And it usually is a misunderstanding because they, they lack the perspective of ever running an organization or they listen to their fucking loser friends who are just saying shit to them like, oh, all they're doing is using you up and they're going to spit you out. And no one can. Yeah, that might be true for a shitty company. It doesn't give a fuck. But when someone's trying to become the next motherfucking Nike, I can assure you they're trying to collect. Like my biggest business is collecting high skill people. That's my biggest fucking priority. Okay. And if you're not in an organization like that, you should try to get in one because that's where you're going right. to be able to do the work ahead of time and have some faith, prove yourself, and that's going to move you up the ladder. And if you keep doing that, the, the progress never stops. Yeah, and you're going to level up faster than anybody around you that are working at other companies because you're in an organization that is aggressively trying to maintain or develop their talent. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it just comes from a misunderstanding of the conversation of how it actually works. It is. It's, or that it's, person's just really not. Well, dude, we it. live in a soft-ass culture. Well, it's, but it's also perspective. Hopefully, most people are listening to podcasts like this that they can create perspective because they don't always have access to these conversations. Yeah. Like, literally, it's not their fault. Yeah. Some of them just That's don't. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't have perspective, it. right? Yeah. So when you turn around and you say, hey, look, this is what an owner or a let's say an executive thinks and how they think on how to level their people up, they turn around and do it. That's why what I try to do is also say, hey, look, if you're gonna go out of your way, I'll pay for added education. If you wanna learn tools, whether it's something on software related, I'll fucking pay for it. Yeah. If you wanna go get NASM certified, if you wanna get this, I'll pay for it. Yeah. I'll do all those things because I wanna see you level up, but you gotta be able to take an initiative. You can't say, hey, by the way, I wanna be able to become the director of so-and-so, well, what are you directing? Do you even know how to direct? Yeah. Do you know how to, you know, whatever right. it is. And then what you got to do is, but if they're proving that they're already doing that role, it's much easier to put them in that role. Yeah. But they need to take the initiative and they need to understand perspective on both sides, both ownership side as well as the employee side. I also think, too, that it's important to recognize that, if you are an entrepreneur and you are hungry to build a career and you are somebody that wants to, to go out and, and become a high value or even an executive or whatever it is you want to do, there's more opportunity to do that now than ever because the work ethic of most people is shit. shit. Yeah. Right. The, the bar has been brought down so low. You guys should all be leveling it's a massive up. Opportunity. It's a huge opportunity because there's a bunch. It's a lot of shitty people who don't have, especially coming off of, you know, two or three years of people working from home. Yeah. Things, you know, where there people don't even want to go to the office. So what it's done is it's brought the bar down so low that you have the ability to just hit gigantic strides right now because so many other people are finding reasons to do shitty work, not going to work and just doing a low level job. 
Totally agree, man. Love it, man. Well, guys, Andy Honey, that was three. Bro, thanks for coming in on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. It's fucking excited for the future. Um, kill, 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 kill. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> if you guys aren't following Hani and you're not listening to things he says, you're missing out on one of the greatest, not bodybuilding coaches, but mental performance coaches that exists. I'm very grateful for our friendship. You know, I happen to be friends with some of the best mental coaches on the fucking world. You know, you, Grover, Ed, like, <laughs> I got to start winning bigger, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's how I feel. And um, it's just, it's it's really cool to uh, to be on this journey with you, man. I'm incredibly thankful for you. And uh, I hope you guys go on and, and follow Hani and listen to what he's saying. You know, follow him on YouTube, follow him on Instagram. Uh, he's got some big plans coming up. Uh, over the next year that him and I are working on together. Um, and I just appreciate you, man. Feelings mutual, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And honestly, it's it's just inspiring. Coming out here is coming to a place where you'd be able to sit there and really appreciate and say, look, if the hard work is done, this is what you could have. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like coming out here because that's what I feel like. And so it's really really appreciated the relationship is is very very mutual when it comes to that yeah all right guys well that was three go pay the fee Went from sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no-head